Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Humanity Matters Weekly. I am your host, Philip Fletcher, and I hope you are uh, enjoying, from my perspective, a new start to your week here in Arkansas. Kiddo's going to be going back to school uh, this coming week. I know my youngest, she'll be starting back her second year uh, at up in Fayetteville, and so excited for uh, what she is going to be doing again. So much love to my baby girl up there. Uh, yeah. So today we're going to uh, be hitting on kind of some different issue today, uh, but one nonetheless that is near and dear to my heart. So as always, before we get uh, started, you can connect with me on any of my Uh, various social media outlets. We greatly appreciate a follow, um, a subscribe, especially at the YouTube channel, trying to hit that uh, 200 mark. And also share with your friends or somebody that you think needs to hear something a little bit different, a different perspective. That's what I try to add and to offer to you ladies and gentlemen uh, who join me here, but also over on my podcast, Humanity Matters Podcast, at gmail.com. It's always I'm always looking for supporters, helps me get new equipment, get some other things, bring guests on uh, when I do my Humanity Matters one-on-one. And so if you'd like to support uh, this work here, go over to Patreon, check it out for as little as $5. And if you're really interested in what I do in my free time, go check out my nonprofit the City of Hope Outreach. You can find that on Facebook or our website, coho58.org. Um, got a lot of great things going on, doing a small homes project called Hope Village that is progressing quite well. About to start doing some tree work in this coming week, take some trees down and stuff. Uh, but our goal is to provide homes for the homeless and vets here in Faulkner County and specifically the city of Conway, Arkansas. So, if you want more information on that, go to the website, hopevillagecoho.org, as well as the Facebook page, Hope Village. And you can find Coho and Hope Village, all that great stuff. Also on Instagram as well. See some cool pictures of stuff. And if you ever want to send me an email, right, want to hook up with me and uh, send me <laughs> a question, a comment, a critique, positive or negative. Hey, I take them all. Hey, email me humanity matters podcast at gmail.com, humanity matters podcast at gmail.com. Take your questions. We also take your questions and comments here uh, as well. Uh, coming up um, tomorrow, we will, uh, I'll be on 101.1, the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, that is six in the morning to eight in the morning. So uh, if you're up that early, getting your kids ready, 
Uh, I'll be on the Dave Ellswick show, uh, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Check that out. If you live in Arkansas, especially central Arkansas, I believe we're going to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan. Yeah, 20 years, trillion dollars. A lot of my brothers and sisters, lives lost, harmed, and looks like the Taliban is about to reclaim their country. I got a lot of thoughts on that, but that's not the point for uh, today. So, um, yeah. So, again, shout out to everybody that's got kids going back to school. My baby girl up in Fayetteville, my other daughter here in Conway, the Creative Institute. Shout out to uh, Jessica Crum and that great work they're doing in downtown Conway. Uh, check them out as well. They took over the old EM building. So they're going to be doing some great things down there. Learn what they're doing. All right. So my thoughts today are going to be circling around. What's going on, Nicole? Are going to be uh, circling around the church. And why? So seeing, reflecting on full transparency, I'm a Christian, specifically, I am a a practicing Catholic, okay? Uh, And so the last two years have been quite interesting from my standpoint. So if you're not all into like religion and specifically Christianity, this may not be the show for you today. That's okay. The point of my show is to talk about faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. So I've been camping out a lot around social issues last uh, a lot of episodes and want to, you know, come back to what else is also important, not just to me, but to many individuals uh, across the world is their faith and specifically uh, their Christian faith. Now, uh, if you will, I believe everybody practices some form of religion. Okay. Um, you hold to something a transcendent, something that is larger than yourself, something that gives you a sense of identity and purpose, helps you to get some understanding of the world, you know, why good things happen, why bad things happen, why do people do the things they do, you know, it helps you to answer the, some of those fundamental questions of who I am and why I'm here and what is my purpose and where am I headed, you know, those big questions that I think all of humanity wrestles with, right? And um, for me, uh, what has been helpful is the Christian faith, right? Uh, Grown up in it, when I went to college, you know, prodigal son, ran from it, came to a personal faith. My senior year of college, um, you know, helped out in the military, helped chaplains out in my uh, spare time when I had it. Uh, Coming here to Conway, Arkansas, It was my faith that was critical in the start of the City of Hope outreach and everything that has transpired with that. Um, My uh, significant verse. Hello, Janet. Glad to meet you. My significant verse is Isaiah 58. If you don't know what that is, it's an Old Testament. It is in the latter half of those uh, prophetic books. Um, And in that. God critiques the nation of Israel and what is the appropriate fast. And it is not abstaining from food or abstaining from drink. It is the helping of those who are 
uh, homeless who need their homes rebuilt and repaired and restored. They were stirrers of the breach, all right, so that generations could live in them. That's like my whole chapter. That is what City of Hope Outreach rests on. So, um, so I don't just seek to like talk about it. You know, I seek to really like be about it. I'm not perfect in any sense of the imagination, uh, but I'm thankful for my faith. I'm thankful for uh, who God is and who his son, Jesus Christ is uh, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for, you know, the sacraments in my context, the Catholic church. Um, thankful for all of those things. I love to sing. I love to like be energetic about it. Uh, around other persons who are seeking to worship this same God, right? I also understand that there are other individuals out there who have uh, different understandings of who God is, right? They don't necessarily see him or from some people's perspective, her, you know, uh, as a supreme personal being, right? That's how I uh, understand uh, God to be the Trinitarian God, to be more specific. Uh, I understand as well, some locate God within nature, right? That God is everywhere. I understand that uh, there are Buddhists and there are uh, those who uh, are in the Islamic faith. I understand those who uh, have uh, Jewish faith. Nonetheless, right? Specifically regarding the church, Right. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, my quote unquote faith in the visible church. Right. Not the church triumphant. That's the church you don't see. That's a church across all time. All believers, past, present and future. My faith is solid there. But in terms of the visible church. Right. The visible. Right. I'm going to tell y'all, like, I don't know what we are doing. Don't know. Like, my first kind of like, was when a lot of the whole race thing, that discussion started to happen and Confederate flag and statues. And I was just curious, especially here living in the South, how congregations, right? And at that time, I was in the evangelical church, okay? Uh, how evangelical churches, right, uh, here in the South is Baptist, you got PCA, you got PCUSA, you got uh, charismatic, right, you got non-denominational type churches, and just kind of like this, a lot of them was like, huh, right, you got liberal churches, you know, they're running headlong in sync, just face first uh, into uh, issues regarding race, uh, issues regarding sexuality. Um, and so all as those different issues were coming up, it was interesting to see how the church took sides on these particular issues. Looking at race first, uh, sexuality, um, you know, obviously with the Supreme Court uh, deciding that uh, same-sex marriage was legal, um, how different churches, denominations, right? Non-denominations took like stands on these particular issues. Now, the title of this uh, show tonight is what is leading the church, right? 
And so let me say on the out for, outset, as, in terms of the visible church, sometimes I wonder, is it being led by, not by the Holy Spirit, but what the church is being led by is the particular issue of the day. And when that issue comes up, the church then splits on a particular side, right? So it happened with race. It happened with Black Lives Matter, right? Um, it happened with, again, with the same-sex marriage, right? And then we swing into last year. And this is where I want to camp out. I want to say that there is the church and then there is the state. There is the church and then there is the state. Okay. People are like, oh my gosh, we're going to stay with the state again. Just bear with me. Okay. The church, again, I described it as the triumphant, right? The church and the head of the church. The church is, I'm sure some of my Catholic brothers and sisters are going to be like, what? All right. The head of the church is not the Pope. The head of the church is not your campus pastor. The head of the church is not your lead pastor. It's not your executive pastor. It's not your bishop. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. All right. Jesus Christ, uh, that man who was born in the first century. Yes. A man who was born in the first century, right? Who lived, who did his ministry into the shadow of the Roman Empire, was turned over to the Roman Empire by the Sanhedrin, who was then crucified by the Roman Empire because Israel didn't, was the death penalty was taken away from them by the Roman Empire. And then three days later, that same Jesus Christ bodily got up from the dead and then bodily uh, ascended into heaven. That is, he is the head of the church. So it's not the Pope, it's not your bishop, it's not your lead pastor, it's not your campus pastor, it's not your kid's youth pastor. And let me keep on saying it's not whoever is sitting in the White House, whoever is sitting in Congress. It's not your governor. It's not your mayor. It's not your county judge. None of those individuals are the head of the church. Yet, what it appears to be is that the visible church, the what is called the militant church, is taking direction from the state. What do I mean? Depending on who is in the White House, depending on who is the political party, it seems as if either explicitly or implicitly a particular aspect of the church, right, takes it's like, ooh, we need to say these things and speak out on these things while remaining silent on some other things. And then when another political party is in office, then it swings the other direction. In other words, 
the the church as it is seen in America has lost its hers prophetic witness. What do I mean? So when you look at how Israel was to conduct itself in the Old Testament, and then when you look at how the church was to conduct itself in the New Testament, it was to demonstrate, obviously, to the world how Jesus loved his people. And that was manifested in how they loved one another. But then also was manifested in the fact that they spoke truth to power and then they also established something that was countercultural to, in, in the first century case, the Roman Empire. In the Old Testament case, it was countercultural when um, the Hebrews went into Canaan. It was countercultural to all the other Jebusites, parasites, uh, the Philistines, so on and so forth. And then when Babylon came about, and then when... Uh, Persia came about, then when Greece came about, and then obviously when Rome came about. The people of God were to be counter-cultural in who it was they worshiped and who they took their direction from. They were not to look to Pharaoh, they were to look to God. They were not to look to Nebuchadnezzar, they were to look to God. They were not to look to all those multiple kings that came in southern Israel and northern Israel. No, they were still to look to God. They were not to look to Caesar. They were to look to God. But it looks like here in America, the church visible keeps looking to the modern day, if you will, Caesars, the political power. Next. There's this like presumption that is put on Jesus, right? And so I want to talk first to my brothers and sisters on the left, right? There are many who put, have this presumption that Jesus would be a socialist, that Jesus would be in support of universal health care and UBI and vaccines and mask mandates. That is not the Jesus, if you will, that is presented in the New Testament. The Jesus that who is presented in the New Testament is rarely concerned about the actions of the Roman Empire. In fact, And from what I can I can recall, on three occasions, does four occasions, does Jesus actually talk about the state? He refers to Herod as that old fox. He refers to two times in which um, soldiers came and they decimated uh, some Jews due to a potential rebellion. And he says, if you don't repent, you shall likewise perish. And then in another case, when obviously the famous passage, when they offer him the coin, and he says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And then even in the Olivet Discourse, you can make an argument. He is looking at the state that would come in, destroy Jerusalem, which would happen in the Rome, Roman Jewish War from 66 to 70 AD. But all that to say, the presumption 
that Jesus would go along with state action is not there. But yet my brothers and sisters on the left make this presumption. But it's not honoring the Jesus that is reflected in the scriptures. So this presumption that is made of Jesus then is used to achieve a particular political end. And so by seeking to use Jesus to achieve a particular political, and I would argue even some type of moral end, what is being done is a Jesus who is being made in the left's image and likeness. Now, to my brothers and sisters on the right, yes, my brothers and sisters on the right who like to put a AR-15 in the hand of Jesus, wrap him in a flag, United States flag, right? You too are, are con committing the same error that our brothers and sisters who are in the church on the left are doing. You are crafting a Jesus in your own image and not expressing the Jesus that is clearly revealed in scripture. So this presumption of Jesus that he would be on the side of our particular political leaning, again, who is the church taking its direction from? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the state, that political party who is running the state and that, that particular pet issue of that political party? Is that what is leading the church or is it the Holy Spirit? I made a, uh, a critique last night on my show. Uh, you can go back and watch it. I kind of went, oof. But anyways, that someone had 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 posited that Jesus would take the vaccine. Now, there's, there's a lot in that statement that needs to be addressed. One is there's some theological implications of asserting that Jesus would take something that would deal with something in his body. Because we have to, I'm coming from the position that John chapter one, God's incarnation, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, you drop all the way down and the word became flesh and the word, Jesus, dwelt, literally tabernacled with men and women. And so by asserting that Jesus would take the vaccine, then you are uh, now calling into question some very deep theological truths regarding the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The second thing is this, is we look at the first century ancient Near East, 
there was no consideration of what we would call vaccines and things like that. What there was was those who were sick had some options. They they went to a physician, and in some areas within Israel, they actually went to the synagogue. The synagogue kind of functioned like a community center, if you will. It functioned like a coho. It functioned like a Conway Ministry Center, right, where the poor could go if they needed something to eat, they needed some type of healing, they could go there to have some type of need met, they could get prayer there for their particular situation. So there was no conception, no technology regarding a vaccination. Next is this. We need to address these inner wars that are going on between the church. There are not, before they used to be theological, right? Before they used to be the inspiration of the word, right? Is the word infallible or is it not? Is it divinely inspired or is it not, right? How do we understand some of these changes that are, uh, how do we understand the scripture in regards to our particular cultural context? Now it has become that the church is not going back and forth in regards to wrestling with understanding the scripture, which I can completely understand. Be Bereans, show yourself approved, those passages, right? But what it has become now is that the church is looking like it is serving as a a, a proxy for political issues. What do I mean? I've recently seen uh, and had conversations with people like, I think my pastor should tell people in the congregation to get the vaccine or to wear a mask. Again, what is the role of the church? Should they speak to said issues? I believe they should. I believe a pastor in whatever uh, role he, and in some case, in some context she is in, they should speak on what is going on in the society. That You can find that all throughout scripture. Where you get into muddy waters is where you are asking a pastor to speak on a particular issue in which there are a lot of other contributing factors at play as to why an individual may or may not make that particular decision. As let me show show a Uh, if you will, it is appropriate for a pastor, right, to encourage his congregational members, especially those that are speaking of those who are single, hey, get married, have children, build a family, so on and so forth. All of those things you can find throughout scripture. 
it is also equally encouraging, especially as we are in this uh, this thing that we're in, this pandemic or whatever. That as it says in James, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. They anoint you with oil and pray for you. That is completely acceptable. A pastor is not a doctor. In most cases, I'm sure there's some medical doctors out there to become pastors, right? But with that said, information such as making a medical decision, right? That should not be between a pastor and his or her congregational members, but that is in the realm of, hey, think about this. God has gifted people to be doctors. And then that individual goes to that doctor and they determine that particular course of action. Another place I've been dismayed is that the I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that, that comment alone. I'll back away from that. So where is the church's voice? Where is the church's voice? Is the church supposed to be a voice for the particular state power in which its theological leanings more closely align? Or is the church supposed to be a voice and a representative of God? whose son was revealed in Jesus Christ who lived, who died, who rose again, sent into heaven, and the Holy Spirit came down and is supposed to seal men and women for the day of redemption. Is the church supposed to preach about loving God? Yes, with your whole heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Is our church members supposed to judge one another on the basis of decisions they make or do not make? No, they are not. Romans says it's before the Lord that a man rises and falls. And who are you to judge the Lord's servant? Should we judge? Sure. But on the basis of what? Is it on the basis of whether or not an individual does what we believe they should do in regards to our particular medical decisions or political leanings? No, 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 no. Men and women who are in the faith, one, have been sealed for the day of redemption. Two, they're in the process of sanctification. Three, there are men and women who for a number of reasons are making decisions and they are making those decisions in faith. 
The scriptures go on to say that those who do not choose to do something in faith, to them it is sin. And now something else has been heaped on their conscience. So, moving ahead. Uh, Caleb says it's rather disheartening and disgusting that so many physical churches and members therein seem to be politically motivated and are and are driven by that rather than being motivated and driven by the word. Yes. Yeah. So I was doing some uh, I'm doing some study on uh, the development of uh, Japan and the origins of <laughs> their nation. So from the shoguns up to the emperors, and then what we've got uh, modern day. And what was interesting is that uh, one of the influential shoguns at that time as the, as the consolidation of power was happening was um, uh, Oba Nobodaka. Uh, one of the things that he did, he saw the great influence of uh, the Buddhist in that area. And he saw it as important that in order for him to consolidate his power in the further hopes of unifying all of Japan, right? He saw the influence of the Buddhists that that had to be put down. And so he waged a campaign against the Buddhists, which then had me thinking, right? You fast forward, uh, this was the same approach within uh, the Soviet Union as well. They had to marginalize the power of the faith. The same thing happened in Nazi Germany. They had to assume the state church. And that's out of that, you have another church that rose up. Out of that came Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And then, you know, all those things they try to do and the assassination attempt of uh, Adolf Hitler. What I'm trying to say is this. Uh, Carl Jung, uh, he points out that the state cannot tolerate a competing narrative, namely religion, that asserts that there is some authority upon which all men in all states must answer to. And so what the state seeks to do is it seeks to marginalize religion, religious institutions, subverts those religious institutions up under the state so that there could be no, no competing narrative that says there's something greater than uh, the state. And Carl Jung talks about that in uh, his, his work. And so what's the big so what of all this as we come to a close? So to my Christian brothers and sisters, I would ask you to evaluate what is leading you. Again, this requires some self-reflection on our parts. What is leading us, the church? I don't care whether you're Protestant or Catholic. I don't care whether you are Presbyterian, PCA, PCUSA, I don't care whether you're Baptist, denomin 
whatever denomination you belong to, whether you're uh, Episcopal, Anglican, Methodist, y'all going through your own thing, right? Catholics, different derivations under there. The question becomes, what is leading the church? Do we sit downstream of culture or is the church functioning as a countercultural institution in America? Is the church that you belong to, is it being a voice for the state, whether it's Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Socialist, whatever? Or is it being a voice for the God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ and whose complete redemptive story of humanity is outlaid, outlaid from Genesis to Revelation? What voice are we speaking in? The other thing is this. How is it, or how are you looking at your brother and sister who is doing something different than you? Because you have to remember the same blood that rescued you and is in the same spirit that has sealed you is the same blood that rescued him or her and has sealed him or her. And so again, who are you to judge the Lord's servant in that regard? Uh, Rhonda says, as Christ follows, we better know that this world is not our home and keep our eyes on Jesus. Yes, good word, Rhonda. Good word. So again, are we perfect? No. I would say to everybody here, be thankful for the grace of God that has been revealed in your life. Be thankful and understanding that the only sufficient thing that we know is that God loves us completely. God loves us in spite of ourselves. God is working in us to conform us more to the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And so we put our hopes in that. Not in the blessings that he gives us, but we put our hopes in the work that he is doing. And equally, whatever that you are wrestling with, struggling with, suffering over, the pain, the emotional trauma, the mental difficulties, also know this is that God's grace is present with you to carry you through those difficult moments and these difficult times that we are going through right now. And also remember this, is that we are called to speak truth to power. There is one head over the church and is not President Biden. It is not former President Donald Trump and is not former, former President Barack Obama. It's not former, former, former President George H.W. Bush. It's not your governor. It's none of your political leaders. They are not the head of the church. They are not the voices of the church. Each and every one of those individuals that you vote into office, each and every one of those individuals that you have a complaint about, they too must stand before the God of all the universe. 
as Abraham Kuyper, uh, Dutch theologian, famously said, there is not one square inch of the universe where Jesus Christ does not cry mine. So that includes the religious, that includes the economic, that includes the social, yes, and that includes the political, and yes, that includes this pandemic. So with that knowledge, I hope that um, we would grow more to love one another. We would grow more to be compassionate to one another and again, not use the tools of shame and condemnation. That we will remember that we're always wrestling with something. Like Paul says in Romans chapter seven, those things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Those things I need to be doing, I'm not doing. But thanks be to God, I have the victory through Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then in Romans chapter eight, he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So stop using condemnation upon other brothers and sisters in Christ. So I hope y'all have uh, learned something or gleaned something from what I've been uh, talking about today. Uh, again, I'll be on the Dave Ellswick show tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., uh, 101.1. That's here in central Arkansas. So chime in, give me a shout out, all that good stuff. Um, check out again my nonprofit, City of Hope Outreach, coho58.org, and our project, Hope Village, coho.org. That's all that good stuff right there. Check it out. I greatly appreciate it. Make a donation. We're a nonprofit. Coming out of the summer, summertime is rough in terms of fundraising. So if you want to send some uh, extra dollars or stimmy money that you may have got, greatly appreciate it. Help out some great people uh, here in Conway. And as always, you can connect with me on my various social media outlets. Greatly appreciate it. Be some uh, podcasts and shows also released during this coming week. And if you want to be a supporter, go over to my Patreon page uh, and look me up. And I greatly appreciate it very much. You'll get some cool gifts and things like that. So as always, as we close, remember to be loved, to be kind, and to be generous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Y'all take care. And God bless. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.